To enlighten your morning, we present Wyndham Town Manager Jim Rivers, one of his periodic updates. And, of course, one reason we've added one show per month to the originally scheduled one is because of the pandemic, which is going on nearly a year now. But before we get to that, let's say, A, good morning to Mr. Rivers, and B, it's January 19th. Is the townwide leaf pickup still an issue, Jim? Good morning, Wayne, and thanks for having me again. I, I almost wish we weren't speaking so often because, unfortunately, we're still uh, still in the pan- middle of a pandemic. When the pandemic goes away, we'll go back to our original one-per-month programming. That would be probably in 2025. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Uh, so, leaf pickup, yeah, on a lighter note, uh, get it, lighter note? Um, no, explain that, please. <laughs> It's not lighter right now. They're wet and, and icy, so they're not as light as they used to be. Thanks for that clarification. Uh, so uh, we, uh, we're we cleaning up leaves. The Public Works Department was still picking up leaves, I think, until last week. They are done. That's it for the for the season, for the 2021 leaf season. We have to call it a, uh, a 2021 now because it took us so long. And, you know, I, I just ask people to be patient. I know leaf pickup is, like, the most important uh, service that the town of Wyndham provides everyone. We have a couple of crews, a couple of big giant vacuum machines that pick up the leaves. Sometimes the machines break. Sometimes the crews are busy doing something else, picking up snow or other things. Uh, and we had a, we had a rough season where the weather didn't co- always cooperate and the equipment didn't always cooperate. But well, I think we've got the most piles now that we're out there. If you still have a pile out there, we're not coming for it. We've been doing this for months and we're going to you know, go do some other things now. We have other other work that needs to be done. But I thank everybody for their patience, and we did get to most everybody, I think. All righty, on to the pandemic here. And one reason we do these shows more frequently is because the numbers keep getting worse. And you've got bad news as far as the Wyndham numbers. Tell me what you've got. Well, we're, uh, we're hovering around, I'll, I'll say, the highest uh, infection rate or point that we've been uh, since the beginning of this. We're about 35 new positive cases that we have identified every uh, day um, with a, uh, I think last week, uh, end of last week, the last report I saw was uh, a positivity rate for uh, Wyndham County around 23%, which of course we're the, the largest town in Wyndham County. That's amazing because the statewide positivity rate yesterday dropped to 4.85%. 23% in Wyndham County? Oh my God! Yeah, I, I haven't seen the numbers yet from uh, this morning. I haven't haven't got the uh, the newest report. I suspect that we're down as well. I'll say it, it's a post-holiday reduction. You know, we got through that bump, I hope, and we're now going down a little bit. But, uh, you know, there's a couple reasons for that. One is that not enough people are getting tested, and I think that's probably the case. You get out towards Killingly, Putnam, Plainfield. Uh, they don't take testing as uh, seriously uh, as we do or have as many opportunities to get tested. And the other, of course, is that the uh, more people are getting uh, the, the, the virus. So uh, a combination of those two things, we've been hitting pretty hard here in Wyndham uh, the last couple of months. And, again, I, I'm feeling like it's going to go down a bit here. Uh, we can't let our guard down. I say this every single time I'm on radio, TV, whatever. Um, vigilance, vigilance, vigilance. You need to keep paying attention. The vaccinations are, are starting to get out there, um, but you, you've got to assume that everybody's got it right now. Keep the mask on, keep the distancing, all the protocols. Do you find 
going around town that now most people get that memo that you see most people masked up? And by the way, let me just my observation of it is that I see most people masked up. I do see some people using it as a chin guard, which is ineffective or just over the mouth, not over the nose, which is not good. But they also do that. And then when they when they're alone and then they get close to somebody or talk to somebody, they bring it up. And I guess that's all right if you're by yourself without it. But that's not what you want, though, right? You, you know, I, you just ask it for trouble. I mean, you know, it's one of the reasons I leave my mask on most of the day. I mean, I might not be near somebody, uh, but I just leave it on in case I get up and, you know, you're not paying attention and you, you get close to somebody. All it takes is one interaction, that, an inadvertent interaction, and you got you got trouble. So you might as well just leave it on and, again, uh, the, the problems that we've seen more recently has been, have been the family, friends, gatherings where people leave, let their guard down, and then they, uh, you know, they, everybody else can give you, whether they're family or friends, doesn't matter. The virus doesn't discriminate. So you've got to keep that thing on and keep your distance unless you're in a, I'll say, the same household. Uh, then you don't have much choice. I think you're on top of each other, eating and doing whatever. So, um, again, we're going to get through this. I think where this is like the peak right now. I think we're hitting right now as far as infections. Uh, but I think, you know, we're going to see fatalities continue. To, there's a lag there. Fatalities will continue, maybe even continue to rise for, you know, three or four weeks. And then hopefully we'll start to drop down again. A lot of people are getting uh, vaccinated, so that's, that's also helpful. One thought that I have, too, is that we've been way above average, 6.5 degrees per day in January. and It has been above average now for almost exactly a month. If we get one of those really super cold snaps for a week or two, more people inside, fewer people outside, that could promote spread as well. But about the vaccine, something that you and I haven't talked about a lot because it's relatively new on the horizon. Does the town of Wyndham get involved in that at all? Or is that all a state DPH and Hartford Hospital and the like? Is that more their deal? Or is there any involvement the town of Wyndham has in administering the vaccines? We, uh, we play more of a support role when it comes to uh, vaccinating folks. So I'll give you an example. Uh, they're looking for, the state's looking for some locations where they can uh, set up a more permanent area where people can go in and get vaccinated. So, you know, rent a space, use a space. So we're, we're trying to identify spaces in Wyndham where uh, a company could come in and, or, or DPH could come in and set up. So we provide more of a support role, but we're not giving... The town employees have nothing to do with uh, vaccinating folks. That is the Department of Health, the State Department of Health, the hospitals, um, you know, and, and other you know healthcare provider type uh, organizations and companies. But we're we're more of a support role there. And pertaining to those spike in numbers that you've seen the last couple of weeks, if people want to get tested, update us on when and how they can get tested. And are you seeing a similar increase in the number of people tested over the last couple of weeks or a month? Yeah, we're seeing good in, good numbers on testing in Wyndham uh, overall, uh, the, the town of Wyndham anyway, not so much the county. Um, and it's in great part because of Generations Family Health Services and Wyndham Hospital, Hartford Hospital, uh, those two locations are humming along five days a week. You can go over to Generations at Mansfield Ave. You can go over to uh, Recreation Park uh, uh, seven days a week, actually. Uh, so the, both of those places close at the end of the day, uh, 4 or 5 o'clock. I can't recall the exact hours. Uh, but you can get a test in either of those locations pretty much every day. And uh, it's really helped us as a town 
uh, to combat this uh, terrible pandemic. Uh, again, you see some of the other communities who should have an easier time with this. They're more rural. Uh, they're not as populated. They don't have college, uh, university uh, uh, housing in their uh, in their town, and they are, you know, I say doing as poorly, if not poorer, than we are right now on uh, a per capita basis. So we're doing a pretty good job. You know, I we can do better. We have to do better. Uh, life depends on it, but uh, overall, the town of Wyndham has done a pretty good job with this. Wyndham Town Manager Jim Rivers updating us on what is going on in town, including an update on the Knights Oil contract. What's up with that, Jim? So, as I've mentioned at times, uh, Wayne, uh, we are working, you know, continue to work on taking down older buildings that are no more useful and are creating blight in, in the community, and we've done a great job. I just want to tell you that I think over the last eight or nine years, we've taken down 28 buildings in uh, Wyndham. Uh, that, that's the code department. And, uh, you know, we, we basically recycle money that we charge people for blight fees, recycle it into a fund that is then used for the demolition or cleanup of other blight in town, charge more fees, the money goes back into the account. So we recycle this money for uh, to try to clean up the town. Again, uh, a lot of older buildings, people may not remember they were there anymore, but they, you know, they become blighted and vacant and no longer useful. Uh, the repairs cost more th- than it does to, uh, uh, to to take it down and put up a new one. So the Knights Oil uh, gas station has been on our radar for some time. There's been some, I'll say, paperwork and processes that have to take place to to get a hold of it so we can uh, take down that building. But uh, on the agenda tonight for the town council is a, an action item for the council to consider selecting the contractor to uh, complete the, uh, I'll say, the above-ground uh, surface cleanup, which includes some remediation of the station, uh, some hazardous materials, and then uh, take the building down. How much is that going to cost? That is about $30,000, I believe. All righty, and then what's the update on Giant Vac? So Giant Vac uh, on South Windham has been a, uh, a sore subject for a lot of folks out there. they got to keep looking at that uh, burned-out building, burned-out mill. And uh, it's been almost two years now since, uh, since the fire. I think it's two years. And uh, we uh, finally have what we think is a final court date to get an order from the judge so we can go in there and knock it down as a town. Now, the, the property will remain in the name of the owner, uh, and we will lien the property for the cost of that uh, demolition. Um, but we've been trying, with the, with the courts being uh, paralyzed through the pandemic, it's been very difficult to get court dates. We had a, uh, a, a, pre, a pre-hearing meeting uh, about a month ago, uh, and now we have a scheduled uh, hearing, which should be it, uh, should be the last meeting if the judge uh, agrees with us, on February 22nd, and after that, we can go in there and uh, get the demolition contractors to take the building down. You talked earlier about the need for repair of the footbridge right outside my front door here. What's the latest on that? Because you talked about two options. Number one is replacement, and number two is repair. So uh, where we left off, uh, the last time I spoke to you, we haven't, nothing much has changed, but I will g- give you an update. The, uh, the bridge has been studied. We spent some money on studying uh, the structural integrity of it and what the next steps would be. 
it looks like it's a it's going to be a bigger repair. Some years ago, I don't know, ten or fifteen years ago, the bridge was painted, you know, scraped and painted, which helps provide a little bit more life for the bridge. Uh, unfortunately, some of the the rotting of the beams, the, the steel beams, are uh, to the point where they're not going to be able to be repaired. So we have to take it apart. We either have to take the bridge all apart and replace all the parts that are damaged or just put in a new bridge. It looks like a new bridge would be less expensive than, of course, taking it apart and replacing the parts and bringing it back. But we, we don't have any final numbers on that yet. Again, we're very, very busy. Uh, the town engineer, Joe Gardner, has been doing a lot of projects, which we'll talk about a few of the other ones in a minute. But um, that is lower on our radar screen at, uh, you know, at this point. Uh, it's, it's not in any danger of falling down. It's a strong bridge. Uh, we have uh, reduced the equipment that we've been bringing across the bridge, some snow removal equipment and stuff. We've uh, tried to keep the weight off the bridge that we might have put on it in the past, as just a precautionary measure. But it's very safe. You could still use it. It should be safe for years to come. All right, I'll try to avoid walking on the bridge to keep weight off the bridge. All right, you talked about town projects. Fire away. So, uh, of course, the community center is going up. You're seeing walls go up. Uh, I got a, a tour of that um, probably after the last time I was on uh, with the uh, Recreation Department and the Social Services Department, which both of them will be housed in that building. Uh, hopefully, uh, I'm hearing October is the completion date. We're a little bit behind schedule and a little bit behind budget, although we have contingency funds to cover any uh, over-expenditures. Uh, what happens when you go late on a project? Uh, you know, the, the contractor uh, may have more costs involved in that being the reason for being late, uh, or you have inspection fees that, that lag uh, or continue on. So a uh, little bit of the overage is for that. Uh, nothing major at this point. And then there's the garage, of course, or the Intermodal Transportation Center. That project is on schedule and, and lower than budget. We are uh, about to see some really big progress there. Uh, we went to a um, construction meeting. Uh, we had all the parties there about a week and a half ago uh, since we last talked. And the company was there, ONG, with all of their subcontractors. They're going to start bringing in this, do I call it a giant erector set. You've got um, uh, these, these precast pieces that are going to come in, 350 of them. Only one piece goes on a, a huge tractor-trailer truck, about 80 feet long. That's how big these pieces are. And then a, a, a huge crane is going to lift these parts into the air and assemble them uh, on top of the foundation that they've been building uh, for the last couple of months. So that should start in the middle of February, but it's going to be 350 trips with the tractor-trailers over six weeks. So about 10 to 12 trucks a day. And it's going to be quite the sight, I think, for uh, for those six weeks to see the construction going on. Uh, they're going to come in from Route 32 over the Frog Bridge onto Jackson, left onto Valley, then left uh, onto North, I think, uh, and then uh, you know try to minimize the uh, disruption to everyone. But it's going to be uh, you know you're going to see some as we say cranes in the air for sure uh, around that time, the middle of February. 
And speaking of disruption, we've had two bridge products, projects, and I know this is state, not town, but nonetheless, I just wanted to fire away. Number one, we had the the one that took out that bridge over the Natchaug River out toward North Windham, and that's been finished finally. And number two, we had the one out by Willie Waste, which I think is over the railroad tracks, not over the river, and that thing turned it into one lane for quite a while. But the last couple of weeks, I've been zipping right through there. Is that project done, or are they just taking a little January break because it's on the cold side out there? I, I believe it's nearly done. It was only supposed to be a one-season project. They were not doing uh, – the bridge over the Natchog was a complete uh, abutment, decking, uh, up the approaches, drainage. They even changed the direction a little bit on the bridge. Uh, the other bridge over the uh, railroad uh, area there, that is not a complete reconstruction of abutments and more of a re- what we call redecking of the bridge. Uh, and I think, I think they're mostly done. I'll try to check into that and make sure they're not coming back. But that was supposed to be one season and and done. So I think that's the good news. It was crazy because two key access routes to town were down at sometimes to one lane. Once in a while, close as they bring trucks back and forth. But I don't know. I haven't seen the guys out there for a couple of weeks. I don't go by that way every day, but uh, the times I've gone by, I've not seen that at all. Uh, what's the news you've got for the folks who are just aching, Jim, to pay their taxes? So, uh, again, because of the pandemic, uh, the July installment was extended with approval by the town council uh, an additional 60 days. So you had from July, usually you have July 1st to the end of July to pay taxes, that first installment. And we extended the town council, voted to extend uh, into August and September. So you had through the end of September. Uh, They've done the same thing with the governor's uh, uh, extension the town council has allowed that extension to take hold, meaning that the January installment would now be due April 1st is the last day to pay taxes for the January installment. If you've already been late on your July installment, you're not getting free interest. There's no, uh, there's no uh, free pass on the interest that you might not have paid or, or didn't pay older taxes. But if you owe the January installment, you'll have until April, until April 1st to make that payment. If you pay it on April 2nd, all the interest will take effect for January, February, March. So make sure you get it in by April 1st. But that's another nice thing that the town council and the uh, governor put forward to help everybody through the pandemic. Uh, interestingly, we've been collecting taxes at, at nearly the rate we've always collected them. Uh, it shows the, uh, uh, the commitment by the community to keep, uh, you know, keep up with their their bills, even under under awful circumstances, for some of these, especially businesses, they're they're struggling, uh, but yet they manage to get those taxes in, which uh, I appreciate, and I know uh, everybody appreciates it. I won't say this too loud because I don't want Mother Nature to hear, but yeah, we did have a couple inches of snow back on January the third. That's about it for this month, but back in well, I guess it was. Fairly early in December, we had a rather, actually it was December 17th, we had a fairly large snow. Some folks got close to a foot of snow. Are you, how's things going in your snow removal budget? It almost seems like, except for that one big storm, you probably uh, had a schedule right now as far as, well, should I say behind schedule as far as what you budget for the amount of money for snow removal? Yeah, that's correct, Dwayne. Actually, the few, last few years, it's been very favorable for us. We use uh, town aid road money, which is state aid to the towns uh, to cover our snow removal costs. And the last uh, couple of years, we have not spent all of it. And uh, it's been, we've been very lucky. 
Uh, I'm looking out at the you know next week or two. You're the weatherman, or more so than I am. It doesn't look too bad. So you know, so far so good. Warmer temperatures. That's that's helpful on the heating bill. So we're doing pretty good with the budgets right now. And as you know, Jim, I'm obsessed with this whole thing about the town testing sewage for COVID levels, which serves as an early warning system for the community. What I want to know is, uh, what's the job description of the guy that's got to go through my sewage? I mean, did they sign up for that when they got hired by the town? Well, that's their job. They take care of all the sewage needs for the community. And, uh, you know, those samples take place once a day. It's not hard. Nobody's got to go jump in the... uh in the dirty water here or anything, but we are still sampling. You bring up a good point. We're sampling every day. That data uh, continues to more or less verify or, or give us advance notice on how our infection rates are going. And it looks like, you know, we're in that kind of in the middle uh, of what the day that we saw. We saw a really big spike there back, I don't know, a month or five weeks ago. And it correlated with, uh, you know, a few awful days for us uh, with the virus. And I uh, gave us some some uh, preemptive notice, if you will. And now it, it's kind of settled down in the middle, kind of where we are in that 30-something or so. So there's a correlation. We continue to sample that just to, to give us another indicator of, uh, you know, how we're doing. It does give us a couple days or early notice on, on what, we, what we're going to see in the future. I assume it's not some employee wading through the stuff. you got some kind of a mechanical gizmo that's able to take a sample of it and run it through the test thing. Humans aren't interacting with that stuff, are they? No, no, no. We're 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 you know using uh you know equipment to dip down into the uh, you know the flow that comes through the pipe uh, into the plant over there, uh, and and that's what we, we the guys uh, over in, uh, the men and women that serve us over at the uh, uh, wastewater treatment facility uh, they do this all the time. They have to test the uh, material all the time. It's just an, really it's just another uh, just another sample. Uh, of the many samples they take in a day over there. And, uh, again, if they're safe, uh, you know, that brings up a good point that, you know, if there's virus in the water or in the sewage uh, that comes out there, the wastewater, uh, they've got to be protected. So, they, you know, they're wearing their gloves, their masks, whatever they need to do, their, their PPE, uh, personal protective equipment, uh, because there is there is virus in that wastewater. Which also brings up the question that, okay, you test the sewage, and you find higher numbers. You find there's going to be a spike. It's a predictor of what's going to happen in the next five, six days, whatever the case is. What do you do with that information at that point in time? Do you try to be more proactive, more communicative to the community about being safe and things like that? Well, it certainly gives us an opportunity to, to yell a little louder. I like to think that we're trying to do, we're doing everything we can with messaging. Uh, soon there'll be a, a mailer going out to all the com- all the uh, community. Um, we're continuing to hit the radio, including uh, Spanish radio in town. Uh, but yeah, we, we would get a couple days to, uh, you know, if we wanted to lock things down more or, you know, just any, any time is valuable, but it also verifies what we're seeing on the, uh, the other side too. It's, it's an early warner, warning indicator, but it's also, uh, it's just a verification. And as you know, I'm fascinated by this, but it's useful and it's, it's something that's important. I'm glad the town is doing it. So my last question is, once you get the results of that sewage analysis as far as COVID levels, do you give it to someone else in the state, like the DPH? Is that information they want to hear when you've got results from the sewage? They, they uh, get that data at least in a report that we give every week that uh, 
our Department of Health is present, and, uh, you know, we communicate with them. If we saw a big spike, we certainly would communicate with them. I don't know that the University of Connecticut is sending them the data. They may do that out of just normal course, because I know a number of other uh, towns are doing this as well in uh, in the state of Connecticut. Some of, the do- some of them are doing it through the University of Connecticut. Some of them are doing it through Yale. Uh, but it's it's being done, I'd say, maybe in a, a dozen communities, uh, some of the larger communities in Connecticut. Uh, some of that data does go to DPH. I don't know if our data is going there or not, but we we go through the University of Connecticut. Anything that helps us track what's going on and gives us an advantage on trying to beat it. Wyndham Town Manager Jim Rivers, always a pleasure to have you on. We'll have you for our regularly scheduled program coming up on Groundhog Day. See you next month, pal. Thanks, Wayne. 14 WILI Willimantic and 95.3 FM.